It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to the Firm Foundation Media Podcast. It's magic time. That's right. This is the first of what we hope will be many Magic Time podcasts right here on the Firm Foundation Media Podcast via Spreaker. I am very glad to be joined by the head coach and general manager of a somewhat new team to the league, I guess, the Moncton Magic. Uh, Welcome, Coach Joe Salerno. Coach, thanks for coming on board today. Hey, Scott. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. So, first things first, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Joe Salerno, the, the early years, as it were. But uh, first off, let's, let's just get right to it. How excited are you to get things going tomorrow night at the Coliseum against the St. John's Edge? Oh, I don't think I could be any more excited. You know, I think I, I speak on behalf of, of the organization and, and all of our players as well. Um, there's been a lot of hard work put in here the last several months. Um, you know, and of course with the, the training camp that we had, which was extremely competitive, you know, I think our players are excited to, to finally kind of play uh, against somebody else and, and kind of get a feel for where we're at. And, and of course, from our, our management side and our, our staff, uh, we're all really excited to kind of finally put this, this product out on the floor um, against some, or, you know, for some great fans here in Moncton. So uh, excitement level is, is, is very high. Now, before we get to talking a little bit, a little bit more about the team and the players that you've assembled for this edition of the Moncton Magic, maybe just a, a little bit of a background for folks that maybe don't know you so well. Uh, you've been around the league a number of years, uh, the National Basketball League of Canada. Uh, you are the winningest coach in the NBL. Congratulations on that! But you are originally from New York, so maybe for fans who don't know a whole lot about uh, your background, Joe. Uh, maybe just a little bit about that. I know you're originally from New York State, but uh, take us back and walk us through kind of Joe the early years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was uh, I was born in upstate New York, Plattsburgh, New York, uh, to be exact. But uh, but I was raised in in Barrie, Vermont, uh, which is located in, in central Vermont. Uh, that's where I, I pretty much spent all my my youth years um, growing up there, and um, you know attended uh, Montpelier High School. Graduated from Montpelier High School, which is the the state's capital. Uh, back in 2000 and um, you know just basketball has always kind of been a part of my life and I think as a, as a young kid a lot of that came from uh, from my father uh, you know my father coached me from I think grade grade two all the way up to uh, you know when I started playing high school basketball um, so I think that connection is what really kind of turned me turned me into basketball and you know I mean athletics in general was a big part of my life as a as a young kid um, playing you know, a different sport pretty much every season. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool, you know, now that this is, uh, it's been such a big part of my life growing up, uh, that it's what I do, you know, for a full-time job as an adult. Um, so, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, that, that, that was kind of my, my youth, you know, a lot of athletics. And, uh, you know, a lot of that was, again, a relationship with, with my father uh, being a coaching figure to me. Now, of course, you mentioned your dad. You are Joe Salerno Jr. So, of course, your dad would be the senior Joe Salerno um, 30 plus years of basketball experience of himself. Um, but what are your early recollections of basketball with your dad? And, and maybe just for you, your earliest recollection of when basketball kind of really made an impact on you. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I played, I played a lot of sports, uh, you know, as, as a kid growing up, uh, football, baseball, basketball, um, you know, but I think when I, when I think back, um, when I think about playing basketball as a kid, I think about a lot of times, you know, my, my father and I just, just talking all the time. It would seem to be in the kitchen was kind of our normal meeting place. And, 
uh, it was the topic of conversation almost every night, you know, whether it was the youth team we were playing on and who our next opponent was or when I got up to the high school level, you know, whether it was, it was making a team or, um, you know, it was just something that on a daily basis it was a topic of conversation in my household. And, uh, you know, I think that's what kind of, you know, resonated with me and, and just made me kind of love the game even more. I think I really kind of turned to basketball probably in junior high, you know, grade seven or eight, where it really kind of became my passion and, and the sport that I kind of uh, favored an awful lot, um, you know, playing it throughout the summer and spring in AAU programs. And then, of course, during the winter season, um, you know, but, but a lot of great memories. And it was, it was really kind of cool to share that, uh, you know, with my family and with my father in particular. And, and of course, uh, he's, an, he's an avid Magic fan now. And, um, you know, he'll be up for our home opener this weekend. So um, it's just been a really big part of my life for pretty much as long as I can remember. And before we move on, um, when basketball became a big part of your life, you know, who would have been some players or a team, you know, that kind of really caught your attention? You know, was there a, a college team that you loved? Was there an NBA team that you loved or a player in particular that kind of you used to look at when you were young or go, oh, gosh, you know, that's that's my favorite player. I'd love to be able to do that or play like that or even coach like that. Oh, uh, there, there was there was no doubt. Growing up, you know, as a kid in the, in the late '80s and early '90s, you know, me along with every other kid out there, you know, I was the biggest Michael Jordan fan, you know, there was. And uh, those Chicago Bulls teams, you know, that started winning finals back in '91, '92. You know, I was 12 or 13 years old, and, and that's when you're kind of the maybe the biggest sports fan, right, as a kid. And and these guys just look, you know, bigger than than anything. And um, you know, I think I had an entire wall in my, my room completely dedicated to Michael Jordan, uh, you know, where you couldn't even see the paint on the walls. It was all posters. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I eventually, I think I stopped collecting baseball cards and only collected Michael Jordan basketball cards. And uh, so, no, Michael Jordan, no doubt, was, was someone that I really aspired to. I was also a really big uh, Tim Hardaway fan uh, who played for the Golden State Warriors um, back in the early 90s as well. Um so, yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan, the Bulls, you know, coming from New England, I also, you know, I, I like the Celtics. I've always kind of had a place for them uh, in my heart as well. Um, but I just I just love the game, and I, I, I pretty much watch basketball uh, anytime. You know what, uh, Scott, the Michigan, the Fab Five as well. Right. Was a really big part of my youth there with, with Jalen Rose and Chris Webber, and, um, you know, that whole fad kind of hit, you know, again in my early teenage years, so... Uh, they were also kind of a big influence on on my life when it came to, to basketball. And we won't get into it, but who can forget the uh, Chris Webber timeout? Oh my! <laughs> I, I certainly didn't for a long time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of great memories with those guys. You know, basketball was was certainly great uh, back then. I mean, it still is today. But uh, it's fun to think back about who you really looked up to and who you kind of idolized as a as a youth. No question about it. Now let's get a little more into present day. Of course, you are now the coach and general manager of this franchise, the Moncton Magic. Spent the last number of years over in Prince Edward Island. But how did you end up uh, coming from a pretty successful run with the uh, the team over in, in Charlottetown, uh, the Island Storm, but uh, coming over to Moncton? Kind of how did that come together? Well, we, we finished uh, you know last season with the Storm. Um, you know, we had a great run in, in the, the postseason. We were, you know, two wins away from going back to a finals, you know, for a third time in, in six years. And um, But, you know, six years is a long time to, to spend with, with one organization. Um, 
almost at any level. You know, it's it's uh, coaches tend to have a, a short life in, in, in places, and uh, you know, I think the the time came when when the storm and myself parted ways. Uh, there was some interest from from a few other NBL teams. I think I had spoke with with four different teams um, about the upcoming season, and you know, Moncton was was the first team that I did interview with. Um, and I just had a great feeling, you know, after I met with the new ownership group and, and the upper management team uh, that was going to be here with the Magic. You know, I had a good interview with them, and, and I left that room just feeling 100% confident that, that these people, you know, had the right goals in mind and they were going to be willing to, you know, do whatever it was going to take uh, to put a successful product on the floor. And, uh, you know, I think as much as maybe I sold them on, on hiring me, uh, they sold me on, on wanting to be here. So, um, you know, they made me an offer fairly shortly after my, my interview, and I didn't have to think about it long. It was a great offer, and, um, you know, I took it, and the family and myself made the move over here in, in late July. Well, I know that uh, the fans of Moncton and the city and the players, indeed, certainly really glad to have you. Let's talk about the team that you've assembled over the last little while that we'll take to the floor uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you know, you don't have to get into too much detail, I guess, but... You know, uh, let, let's go down the roster and we'll do it uh, numerically. A player that you're familiar with, and I had a chance to call some games involving this player last year, uh, uh, a pretty powerful guy up front, uh, Terrell Baines. What can fans expect from him? Well, Terrell's just a blue-collar, very hard-working guy. You know, he's a, he's a guy that's asked to play undersized pretty much every night, um, you know, only being about six foot seven and, and playing the power forward position. But, uh He's been a guy who's just been consistent. You know, he, his first two years were in the D League, uh, and then he's played the last three here in uh, in the NBL Canada. And uh, he's a guy that I can always rely on. You know, whether he's hurt or, or not, he's going to come out and and play and, and play physical and tough. And uh, you know, I expect nothing less from him uh, this year in Moncton. Uh, we'll go out now to uh, Jersey number three on the team uh, from Sam Houston State, one of my favorite hometown names, Oxon Hill, Maryland. That would be Corey Almond. Yeah, Corey. Corey is just a, a knockdown shooter. Um, you know, I think every team needs to have that guy that's almost a specialist, um, someone that every opponent you play has to know where he is all the time on the floor, and could certainly spread the floor for some of the other guards that we have because he's such a threat from the three-point line. Um, he actually played a short stint in the NBL Canada a few years back with the the St. John uh, Millrats back when they were the Millrats. And had a lot of success. Um, so, I mean, Corey is, is, was probably one of the best shooters that I had talked with during the offseason, and um, I think he's going to have a, a really great year for us. A very offensive league, the NBL, there's no question about it. That'll take us to uh, number five on the roster, jersey number five, that is, a, a 6'8 power forward Canadian content out of Brampton, Ontario, Denzel Taylor. Yeah, Denzel actually has had one of the best training camps, I think, out of everybody. Uh, I think with every training camp, there's always a great surprise, and there's always maybe a disappointment or two, uh, and Denzel has certainly been that surprise. You know, he actually played for the Canadian U19 national team, um, you know, coming out of high school, and he was a four-year starter at, at Old Dominion University uh, the last four years, and just a, a tough-as-nails, defensive-minded kind of rebounding machine. That's what he does. That's what he brings to the table, and and he loves that role, and uh, he's the guy that will go in there and kind of do some of the dirty work and, and not have an issue doing it. So we've been very happy with Denzel, and I think he's going to have a, a great rookie season. 
Now we move on to uh, some more Canadian content and a player fairly close to home playing in Moncton. Uh, he is a Halifax, Nova Scotia native. I had a chance to see this young man play several times for the St. Mary's University Huskies. He was an Atlantic University sport first team all-star. He may be diminutive in stature, but he, in my opinion, he certainly plays a lot bigger than his 5'8 listing. Uh, Marquise Clayton. Yeah, Marquise, I mean, you you know, you kind of just almost summed him up in a nutshell. Uh, size just doesn't matter with Marquise. Uh, he is tough as nails, you know, and he's a competitor. And he's extremely competitive. He's, you know, one of the only true rookies that we have on this final roster that, you know, has no problem really pushing the veteran guys in practice and, and speaking his mind. And, um, you know, he, he's proved to me early on in our exhibition play that, that I can trust him with the basketball uh, in his hands, playing the point guard position as a rookie. And um, I love having him around. I, I love his personality and his demeanor, his attitude. You know, he wants to win games. And um, that's certainly a, a common theme we want with all of our players this year. So uh, really excited about, about Marquise. And another player I know you're excited about and another player that you are very familiar with over a number of years, uh, calling games with Al Stewart. I've, I've nicknamed him on my own way the spark plug because in the games that I saw him play, he just has this ability that I've seen be able to almost turn the momentum of a game in his team's favor. And that is a three-time defensive player of the year from Chicago, Al Stewart. Yeah, Al, um, he's just a veteran leader. Um, something that, that is important for any locker room. And, you know, this, this actually will be Al's seventh season uh, playing for me. He's uh, He played for me in a previous league before the NBL Canada actually existed. So we go back an awfully long time, and, and he really is an extension of myself you know, on the court, in the locker room, um, you know, at the player apartments. He's just a, a high, high character guy who just seems ageless. And uh, he's someone that, that you can just depend on all the time. And um, so, no, I, I just, you know, having Al back for another season and, and him kind of making the move over to Moncton here with myself, I really couldn't have been more happier. And um, he's just a, a, kind of the chemistry setter. You know, he sets the tone for this team and, and uh, a lot of guys hold him in very high respect and he's still extremely efficient and, and uh, tough on the basketball court. And things just seem to keep getting better as you go down the roster. You added uh, a player recently, uh, the all-time leading scorer in the NBL amongst other accolades, Double uh, A Anthony Anderson. What can you say about him? <laughs> well, I, I think what what Double A has done in this league, it's, it's kind of hard to just just put into words. I mean, he's um, you know statistically been the best player this league has ever seen. Um, you know, and, and to be able to sign him, and, and you know, he he ended up making the decision to leave St. John this year and, and come over and sign with us. I think it says a lot about um, well, a the Magic organization. You know, that we're serious about putting a very competitive team on the floor, uh, and I also think it says a lot about you know kind of who we put together that Anthony Anderson, it was really important for him to compete for a championship this year. Uh, in six years in St. John, he had never been able to, to make it to an NBL final. In fact, I think he's only won one playoff series in six years. So, you know, he was on board with, with the guys we had brought on. And um, I've coached against Anthony for, for almost eight years now. Um, and I really had no idea exactly how good he was until I've had him in practice now, and he's part of our team. It's, he just has an incredible basketball IQ, and he's another guy that, that's kind of ageless. You know, he, he produces every single year. And, um, 
I mean, what can you say? I mean, every team in the league would want to have Anthony Anderson, and I'm certainly glad I get to finally see him on, on my sideline. <laughs> The opposing teams. Probably much easier to coach for them than against them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so far, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, he's just, uh, well, he's, he's the most dynamic scorer the league has ever seen, and, and uh, I think he's going to have a big season. And somebody that might be able to free up some space for double A is the next player. He wears lucky 13, another Nova Scotia guy out of Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Uh, won the NBL Canadian Player of the Year and a first-team All-Star, first-team All-Defense. How excited are you to have Terry Thomas? Oh, really excited. You know, I mean, I, I've had Terry the last two seasons. This will be our third season together, and and he's a guy that I've, I've seen develop and grow from year to year. You know, he had a pretty good year a couple of years ago. His, his first one in the NBL Canada. Uh, he worked very hard, you know, the next offseason and came back and, you know, was one of the top five players in the league last year. And it's so important to have Canadian talent now that the league has moved to five players, uh, five Canadians that are requires, uh, you know, a roster is required to have. So to, to get Terry this year, um, you know, in my mind still was probably the biggest signing that we had because he's a, a bona fide star in this league. And, you know, you put his, his Maple Leaf passport with that, it's, it's only going to make your team better and, and deeper. And um, Terry and, and Double A's looks really great in the backcourt together here in the preseason. So um, just excited, excited that Terry's a dynamic player. Well, one of my favorite songs as we move along is uh, Graceland, uh, Paul Simon. This next player know, would know a little bit about Graceland, I guess. He's from Memphis, Tennessee. Played in the G League for the Salt Lake City Stars. University of Texas El Paso graduate uh, Jeremy Williams. What can you say about him? Yeah, Jer- Jeremy's uh, he's an old soul. You know, he- he's a Memphis guy. He's um, he's from the South, and, and uh, he shows it. And he's just a, a great person. Um, you know, and-, and he's a very talented player. Jeremy actually won an NBL Canada championship with the London Lightning uh, back in 2013. Uh, he was a big part of that title run. He played for me uh, for one year on the islands uh, when we lost in Game 7 of the NBL Finals. So he brings a lot of experience, um, a lot of winning experience to the roster. Obviously, him and I already have a relationship, and um, I was very happy to kind of pry him away from the the D-League to come back to Canada. And he, again, was a guy that was excited about the roster. He was seen being put together and, um, you know, lost to win another championship. So versatile player that, that can defend multiple positions and, you can play small if you need to play big, and um, we're very lucky to, to have him. And I, I think he'll be a, a fan favorite this season. Now, another one of the five Canadians required to be on NBL rosters is a young man from Toronto, Ontario, Ashanti Day. Yeah, Ashanti was actually a player that I, that I found uh, in Las Vegas this year uh, at, a, at a combine. And, um, you know, this is his rookie year. He actually played Division II uh, NCAA basketball in, uh, in Tennessee at Union University, um, strong body, you know, 6'6", actually shoots the basketball very well from the perimeter, and um, he, again, kind of brings some versatility to our, our roster where uh, he can defend bigger players, yet he has the ability to play from the perimeter uh, offensively, and, um, you know, another another high-character guy and, and just someone I'm, I'm very interested to see him grow over the course of this season and uh, see him adjust to this pro game, but uh, I think he'll do, I think he'll do well with that. 
This next player, no stranger to the city of Moncton and NBL basketball in Moncton. He's definitely a guy I would not want to run into going down the lane. 6'9", 260-pound center from Southeastern University out of Orlando, Florida. What can you tell us about Tim Mitchell? Uh, Tim is a, you know, he was the only player that that we kind of brought back uh, from the team that was here in Moncton last season. Uh, And we did that because... I think he has a ton of potential uh, on the court, but he was also, you know, probably the the most highly regarded player off the court uh, here in Moncton last year. Great guy, high character, a guy fans really took to. Um, and I think he just scratched the surface of his full potential last season. He spent the entire offseason really developed working on his body, and, and he came into camp about 27 pounds lighter than, than what he was uh, last season in the NBL Canada. So... He really committed to uh, improving his body this year, which has only helped his game. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy I expect pretty big things from this season. I, I think he has the potential to be one of the better kind of true centers uh, in this league. So I'm looking forward to see, uh, see that develop and uh, come together for him. Now, if I thought 260 pounds was a big frame, uh, this next player wearing 33. I always think of Patrick Ewing or Larry Bird when I think of 33, but I'm old school. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Farrell, what's that? I said it's hard not to think of those guys, right? <laughs> True enough. Uh, Kevin Farrell Thomas, 6'8", 270. Another Canadian product out of Toronto. What can you tell us about Kevin? Uh, Kevin is, is actually a very talented uh, big man. He has great footwork. He has great hands. Uh, he's really not scared to be physical. You know, he will, he will throw all that 270 pounds around down there and I think every team needs that, so he certainly adds a physical presence to our front court. Um, you know, he's also in his rookie season as a pro, so I think he's going to take a little little bit of time to develop. But, you know, I expect by about the midway point this season, um, you know, he certainly will be a guy that, that potentially could be a rotation player and, uh, you know, help us match up with a lot of different teams um, in, in their front court. So, you know, great kid and, and certainly a kid that, that's committed to working hard and, and playing at the pro level. Um, so excited to find him. You know, and when you can find a, a Canadian big who you feel can, can play at this level, uh, it's always a plus. And the final player listed on the uh, opening day roster for this Moncton Magic team, he wears number 41. Uh, another big man, 6'9", 235, Anthony Cox. What can you tell us about Mr. Cox? Uh, so Anthony actually played last season uh, for the Halifax Hurricanes. So he's another guy that brings uh, NBL Canada Finals experience uh, to our roster. Uh, I thought Anthony was one of the more underrated, you know, potentially underused players uh, in the league last year. You know, if you look at his rebounding numbers per minutes played, he was among tops in the league. Uh, but I think a part of that, too, was obviously Halifax had a very deep and very strong front court. Uh, so Anthony was looking for an opportunity to, to join a team where he was potentially going to have uh, more opportunity to play, and, and I think he's certainly going to have that with us this season. He's just a high-motor guy who, who also will be physical. He'll rebound the ball. Um, he's a he's a, a big character. You know, he's a guy I think fans will also really take to and certainly gets along with everybody on our team very well. And um, I think, you know, he's going to be a guy that, that may have been a reserve last year in this league that has worked hard, and uh, he'll be a rotation player for us this season. So 
uh, excited about Anthony, and um, I think it'll be a great addition. Well, that's a great breakdown uh, of your uh, opening day roster. And, you know, of course, it's hard to tell until you've played an actual game. You've only gone through a couple of uh, exhibition games and practices. But as you look at your team, it seems that you have a very good mix of veteran players, some great leaders, certainly players who are familiar with the NBL game, uh, some very talented rookies in there as well. But as you look at your team, what do you hope? that the team style will be or that the identity will be when fans get to watch this Moncton Magic squad? Well, I, I certainly think we're going to be an entertaining team to watch. I think I think from the offensive end, um, you know, we can be as explosive as anybody in the league. I think we have those, those weapons and, and the tools to do that. Um, you know, the common theme that I've seen in training camp is just how unselfish this team is. Um, I think we legitimately have 12 guys on this team that that really do have a common goal of, of, of trying to compete for a championship, and it really isn't about minutes or statistics. Um, I've been really impressed with that, and I was that's what I was hoping for when I was putting this team together. It was a collection of veteran players that you know maybe haven't won a championship yet, other than Jeremy Williams. But I've been very close, and and it's an older team. It's one of the more mature teams that I've that I've ever had. I think we've had we have six players that are, you know, over 20, 29 years old or older, and, and that's that's an old team, an older team uh, as far as this league is concerned. But I think it's guys that have a lot of tank, a lot of gas left in the tank, and they re- really are just committed to winning. Um, so I think that that was been a common theme in training camp, and. You know, I hope to see that carry over to, to the regular season and, and tomorrow night. And um, so I, I think it will be a, a fun brand of basketball and certainly an entertaining one for our, for our fans here in Moncton. Uh, and just on that note about just how veteran this team is and, and so many players, as you said, that, you know, are a little more older, a little more mature. You know, we, we've mentioned some of the, the keys from that perspective, whether it's an Al Stewart or an Anthony Anderson, what have you. But... As the coach, are a couple are there a couple of guys that you've seen in training camp kind of maybe step back or step out and kind of take on that leadership role where the other players are kind of looking to them to be that veteran presence or to be able to have that moment where they step up in the dressing room and, and say something if needed? Are there a couple of players like that, or is this really kind of uh, by committee? Yeah, no, there's certainly a few that have, have stood out a little more than others in, in that capacity. Um, you know, obviously Al Stewart, that's just kind of kind of what he does, and and that's kind of the reputation he has. So I think some of the younger players coming in, you know, already knew, you know, they were going to kind of look to him for some guidance. Uh, Anthony Anderson's been very vocal uh, in practice. Also, he's a guy that, that other players, old and young, just respect, and it, it's hard not to based on what he's done in this league. Um both of those guys have been very vocal in practice and, and you know, holding guys accountable, and, and which is great. And you want that. Successful teams have that. Uh, Terry Thomas has also been a little more of a, of a leader than he had in years past. I think that comes with experience. Um, I also think it comes with, you know, we have four true rookies on this team this year. You know, last year the team I coached had two. All four of those guys are Canadian players. And I think they look up to Terry for the fact that he's also a Canadian player who broke into this league and has done very well for himself. So they look to him, um, and he kind of leads a little bit more by example. But um, but that's okay. So those guys have been doing a great job, and you know. But everything's been going pretty well, right? Everything's been going 
well so far at the start of the season in camp. It'll be interesting to see how, how those players react and, uh, you know, when things aren't going well or when we are up against the wall a little bit. I think that's when you have a, a true test of what type of character your team actually will have. And speaking of teams and character, we've had a chance to take in some NBL action already. Of course, you guys, the Moncton Magic, won't see your first game till tomorrow, as mentioned, against the St. John's Edge. But the St. John's Edge will be playing their third game over in uh, PEI this evening. Maybe just a comment of what you've seen from this newest franchise, the St. John's Edge. Well, it's interesting because I, I watched very closely both their games, uh, you know, against PEI on Saturday night and against uh, Halifax. I actually went to the game in Halifax on Sunday. Um, they're a very, very well-coached, unselfish team. Um, the, the biggest thing I took away from them was, you know, they each player on that team, you know, creates shots and, and, and creates opportunities for their other players. And that's just based on playing good basketball and, and unselfish basketball. Uh, they obviously have some, some real weapons in, in Carl English and, and Charles Hinkle and Grandy Glaze. Um, but then they have a lot of other great role players who are very good players, you know, like Alex Johnson and, and um, um, you know, uh, Darian Henry. And, and so they're just uh, they're a well-rounded team. Um, and we'll, I think we'll certainly have our, our hands full uh, tomorrow night, no question about it. Now, of course, you've been paying closer attention to the St. John's Edge because they are your first opponent in this season. But as you look around the rest of the league, of course, being a coach, you're going to be looking at all the teams, trying to see where you might be able to gain an advantage or what you need to do against them. But I know it's just a couple of days into the season, but maybe just overall your view on the 2017-2018 NBL Canada overall, all teams. Uh, I mean, just the, the, the first word that comes to mind is, is parity. Um, and I think this league has always had that. I feel like what I've seen based in the preseason and, and the first four games that have been played, um, it may be even more parity in the league this year than other years. I think a lot of teams have improved their roster uh, from last year to this year, You know, most notably Niagara. Um, I think Cape Breton has improved their roster, and, and obviously Newfoundland has showed that, that they're going to be able to compete as an expansion team. Um, so, I, you know, for me, it's, it's – you just have to come to play every single night. Um, you can. There's never. There's never going to be an easy game, and you just can't afford to have letdowns. Um, that's what you know. I'm trying to get across to our players because I think there are high expectations for us here, and and the guys see some of the known talent around, uh, but we can't get comfortable because there's an awful lot of new unknown talent uh, in this league this season. And. For fans of the National Basketball League of Canada that know the product, they know it's a high-tempo, exciting, well-played brand of basketball. Uh, it's some of the best games that I've seen over the last year were some of the NBL games that I had a chance to either do play-by-play for or just watch online. For fans that maybe aren't familiar with the product, what would you say to them to encourage them to come out to the Moncton Coliseum and to watch the Moncton Magic play? I just think the entertainment value as a whole. I, I think the, the product on the court is outstanding. I think the value and the entertainment value for you know families or, or people in general to come out and watch, uh, it's rare I ever meet anybody who didn't enjoy an experience at an NBL Canada game or enjoy the basketball at, at least. Um, there is not other opportunities in this country other than the Raptors to go out and watch these type of athletes 
compete at such an intense level. And, you know, that's what this league provides. And that's certainly what the Magic will look to provide this season is, is a high, high entertaining brand of basketball and, and a great uh, atmosphere to, uh, to enjoy a night out on the town. So, um, yeah, I certainly would encourage anybody who hasn't been to a game yet to, to come and see one. And I would almost guarantee them that probably won't be the last game they see because um, I think, again, people really enjoy it. I would agree with you. Uh, a number of years ago, I took my daughter, who will now be turning 12 next week, but she was probably 8 or 9 at the time. I took her to an NBL game in Halifax, and it was one of the best experiences she ever had. She had a great time. And speaking of family, anytime you're a coach, uh, sometimes it can be tough with all of the hours you have to spend at the gym or preparing game plans or breaking down film afterwards, travel. Maybe just a word about your family, of course, your wife Darcy and uh, your son Camden and daughter Alexandra. Uh, how important have they been in supporting you as coach, and what do they mean to you in this whole process and, and what you're doing now with the Magic? Well, they, they, they really kind of mean everything. Um, you know, my, my wife, <laughs> she always makes the comment before training camp starts, you know, I'll see you in six months. And, um, <laughs> you know, she... Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been coaching now. I'm going into my, uh, I guess, ninth season at the professional level, and we've been we've been married for ten years now. So, uh, she's been on board since since day one, and um, you know, it's difficult. There's, there's ups and downs, and uh, there's a lot of pressure and stress that comes with the job. And um, you know, she's the one that that sees the other side of that. You know, that a lot of the people don't. So, she's always been extremely uh, supportive of myself and in pursuing this career. Um, people always say, man, you have a really tough job. And I said, well, my wife has the, the tougher job <laughs> of the two of us kind of dealing with me at, at home or on a daily basis uh, during the season. And, you know, as far as my, my kids uh, go, uh, people ask me what I enjoy most about coaching. And a lot of times it's I, you know, get to see my kids have this experience where they get to be, you know, part of this 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 team and, and around these big arenas and, and they get to kind of experience some other things that a lot of other, you know, children may not be able to. So, you know, seeing them and, of course, my son who plays basketball now and, you know, he's in the locker room and he's hanging out with the guys an awful lot and um, seeing his enjoyment from that is, is something that's pretty dear to me and, and um, you know, a big reason why I do this. Um, so, yeah, I know family means an awful lot and, and I certainly couldn't, couldn't do this without them. So uh, they're, uh, they're a huge part, if not the biggest part, of all of it. Well, we certainly hope to, uh, to get to see them uh, tomorrow night or going into the future. I know you mentioned your dad will be in attendance at the Coliseum tomorrow night again. The first game for the Moncton Magic of the 2017-2018 National Basketball League of Canada season. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Atlantic time at the Moncton Coliseum as they take on the St. John's Edge. I would encourage you to visit the... Moncton Magic website as well as the nblcanada.ca website for links to the live stream broadcast. Coach Joe Salerno, very excited to have you with the Moncton Magic. Thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to do this today and uh, we're very excited about the season and can't wait to get it tipped off. Yeah, yeah, me too. And you know what, Scott, we're, we're really excited to have uh, have you as part of this team and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've certainly listened to you call a lot of games and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just as excited to have you part of this. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we're going to have a, a great season here. 
Well, I'm excited about it as well. I can't wait to uh, get behind the mic and get it going tomorrow night. It's going to be an exciting and a fun season. Once again, Coach Joe, look forward to it. Best of luck throughout the entire season, and we'll look forward to having you on some more Magic Time podcasts in the very near future. Good luck tomorrow. Okay, thanks a lot, Scott. That was Coach and General Manager Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. Once again, his team tips off in their season opener at home tomorrow night at the Moncton Coliseum, 7 p.m. Atlantic, versus the St. John's Edge. Can't wait to see you there. Until then, I'm Scott Squires. Take care. Have a great day. We'll see you again soon. It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast.